0: It's around the house. So, we had teenagers in the house that were under 18. Yeah. Right? And if you went into the powder room, which was up against the shared wall, the next door neighbor below, huge pot smoker. Oh, yeah, that's
1: a good one. I've seen that before. Coming up through the window, coming up
0: through the floor. There's no windows. It was an interior room, powder Mm -hmm. room. No shower, no nothing. That smoke, if I went in there and spent 10 minutes in the bathroom, that powder Co- room, I'd be side. Yep. Seen it. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your source for home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Caroline.
1: Hello. Hello, Radio Land. How's everyone doing today?
0: Everybody's doing great. I know everybody out there in Radio and Podcast Land is doing awesome. And we're in here having a good time. We are going to take on a hot subject today. and It's <laughs> something that, as a homeowner, everyone has one of these to some extent, right?
1: Pretty much. And it can it can go badly. I mean, this can go well. Or it can go really badly. And when it goes badly, you're stuck with them for a usually a pretty good period of time.
0: What that is, is it's neighbors. Making sure that you're dealing with neighbors and your neighborhood correctly. This could be an HOA, a condo association. It could be the
1: millennial next door door that's
0: having parties, right?
1: It could be the next door neighbor. It could be the neighbor down the end of the block who decides to speed down the street with kids we have this issue we have a neighbor who's like 90 he's got me be 92 93 still drives and proceeds yep. to step on the gas as fast as he can from his house to the corner which is you know maybe a you know, 16th my of a lawn. mile oh my god he's like a lead foot so all the neighbors had to put up slow down signs kids kids at play and they also had to put up this big corner mirror that sits on the corner so that they can see him coming <laughs> down the road cuz they've told him to stop wow. and he just keeps going
0: crazy and he's it's like guy get into his car and everybody's doing this <laughs> yes oh my god <laughs> yes he's nuts oh um, man it's And those old neighbors, just like the young ones, just like everybody can be tough sometimes. So let me tell you the story that I did. And some of it starts out right when you buy a piece of property, right? Mm -mm. When I first put an offer in on the piece of property, I wanted to figure out where the property lines were because things weren't marked out that great, even though there was a very clear set of property drawings on my city website. I could go on there, put in my plot, And look it up and say, okay, here's the survey, and this is kind of where it is. And so I wanted to figure it out because the problem is, is my neighbor behind us has a flag lot. So there's a driveway that goes down the side, one side of our house, and his house Mm -hmm. is directly behind ours. Well, our driveway comes off the side of his flag lot, and he owns that driveway, that 20-foot section going down the side of my house that's his property. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure there was an easement there because I didn't want him someday, if I had a bad neighbor, to come out and decide to put a fence across my driveway and go, my property, you're not driving
1: on it. Exactly.
0: So we had to work something out there. I talked to the city. The city looked at it and said, well, it's actually now been grandfathered in as an access easement, so you don't have to worry about it because we won't give you access to the front road. So there's no way they could legally do that in the city. And I'm like, all right, cool. Got Hmm. it. The city laws take care of it. But that was going to be an issue when I was buying the house because I wanted to have something that said, okay, you're either going to give us access or I'm going to have to cut a whole new driveway. And that was going to be an issue.
1: And to make sure, I mean, wouldn't that be horrible if all of a sudden you didn't have access to your property? So that's an issue with the flag lot always. But it seems like they protect you there, which is nice.
0: Hey, and that's, it's somewhat unusual. Most every place else I've lived, at least in my that. side of the country, they have not been, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? They, they don't support you. They're like, well, what's the, what's the easement say? What's this say? You know, exactly. it's gotta be all written down, you know? And so really the first thing when I am having a dispute with a neighbor next door, 80% of the time, it's a property line issue. And you got to be careful with that. Those are things, don't you, Carolyn? Don't you have a? You've had some experience with this in a in a minor way, right? With property well, line issues kind, of like yeah, what's going so over think, the fence, what's not, you know.
1: Things get kind of convoluted too, because I think, well, in in my property, for example, we had to give some sort of access. They wanted to build a, a two car garage, right? He was a car collector, so he wanted to be able to build this huge garage that somehow came slightly over onto the property. So I think we gave access at some point prior to when we had the property. So it got a little convoluted. Yeah. And then he put up this huge fence of, of bushes that goes along, which I like because it breaks up the property and it allows us not to see him and yeah. him to see us and grants us privacy. But then it always becomes an issue like who's going to service the bushes because technically it's on yeah. our property, but he put it there. And, and generally he'll maintain it and he'll have once a year, somebody come out and just trim everything down because they get really high. They're large hedges that are, you know, I'd say 16 to 20 feet high. So, okay, he needs, yeah, so he needs to cut them down. And, um, but sometimes he doesn't do it. And then it becomes this overgrown nasty mess of thatchery that <laughs> sort of overtakes the property. <laughs> and then, and then it becomes, well, who's paying for this? Who's doing it? And, you know, we have a good relationship with him, but if you don't have a good relationship or you can't communicate, or maybe your neighbor doesn't speak English, maybe they speak Spanish, maybe they, you know, you, they just, you don't relate well to them or you don't know them. So there's a lot of issues that come into play when you're dealing with property.
0: Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, I've had neighbors that were working for te- tech firms that spoke Chinese or Thai mm-hmm. or whatever out there and, you know, Korean, Korean. And we really had, you know, um, Hindu, we had really had some communication problems and we didn't have a problem getting along, but it was just trying to get it, Something get an done. understanding of what's going on, you know? And then of course, you know, there's always that thing where if you're a renter, you know what I mean? You see that too. If you're renting a house and then you've got a landlord, but you've got a, that next door neighbor, that can be its own issue. But I've, I've seen that too, where the renter starts doing some crazy stuff next door and things start going sideways.
1: Well, you have in a lot of these townhousing communities, you have parking spots next door. So I had my oh. best friend just to tell a story. She had got a brand new, it was a Chevy. I forget. She got a Tahoe or a Blazer at the time. And this woman next door pulls into the parking spot and, you know, flings her door open and dents the new car. So now there's an Ouch. issue with the neighbor. Right. And she she had a ring. My my friend had a ring doorbell. So she saw the whole thing. So she's got it on the ring doorbell and she approaches her and says, hey, listen, you put this dent in my car. And she says, no, I didn't. It starts off with the lie. And she's like, look, I saw it on the ring doorbell. I've got it on film. I see it. And she's just like, no, no, denial, denial, denial. So now you've got this neighbor where you're at odds immediately. And every day you're coming out and you're seeing this person and you have to interact with them. So, you know, it's parking lots can cause issues. I mean, that's just the perfect example. I mean, not so much, I think, with townhouses um, dealing with property and bushes and things like that, because that's pretty much maintained with you. But then you've got to deal with the homeowners association, which that's not fun.
0: Uh, We'll talk about that in an upcoming segment, because that's going to be its own thing. I have my own (laughs) rant on that one coming up, it's but really in the last minute, before we go out to break, I want to talk about here, just getting your lot lines figured out and making sure that you know what your property is, that you know what you can do. If you've got, you know, in the next hour, what I want to talk about is what happens when your neighbor has that dangerous tree or tree hanging over? Can you cut it? What can you do if it's hanging over the fence? Can you cut the tree? What happens if you go to cut it too much and you kill the tree There's all these different things that can happen out there. And it's something that, as a homeowner, you should be paying attention to because you don't want your neighbor, you don't want your tree to fall down on the neighbor's house if it's not maintained well, or vice (laughs) versa, because that just never ends up really well. And I've got some stories with that. Let's talk about that when we come back. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. with Eric G. and Caroline B., where we were talking about being a good neighbor and all those kind of rules and regulations and common sense things about dealing with the people right next door.
1: And there's all these caveats, right? I love that word. But I mean, it's never a scenario where you think it's just going to be black or white. So during Hurricane Sandy was a perfect example. We had a very large tree that was going to fall on our neighbor's car collection. And so... We basically called the insurance company and they're like, look, it's your responsibility. You need to get somebody there immediately or you're going to have to accept the damage that ensues when this thing hits the garage. And we're like, oh my God. So we had to go out and we were trying to tie it to a steel guardrail that was at the end of the driveway. So my driveway pitches off a a very steep backside. And so there was this huge steel guardrail and we're tying this tree there because we couldn't get a tree person during the middle of the storm. So luckily it held... (laughs) Exactly. They
0: That's good. But technically, I don't think you would have... I, here's the thing. As soon as you call your insurance company and say, I have a leaning tree, it's now your job to take care of that. So if I was quiet... If you would have not called them, if you'd have been quiet and not said anything, and that tree would have fallen over in a hurricane and hit your neighbor's house, it would have been 100% their responsibility.
1: Well, see, bad neighbor. But as soon
0: as you recognize that you... Bad
1: neighbor. Our neighbor came out and said, you're going to get that tree down before it hits my car collection, or I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Not so severe, but in those words, in jerseys. Was that during the storm? Yeah, it was like right after the storm and the tree was going to go. Okay,
0: yeah. See, here's the thing. You have a certain amount of time to get that resolved at that point, because you can look at it and say, yeah, we got to get it down, but I have to get a professional. You, If you would have made a due diligence in almost every case to take care of that and get it down, and if it happened before you could get a professional out there, still his problem. Hmm. Now, if he would have before the storm sent you a certified letter (laughs) in the mail that said you have a dangerous tree on your property and you need to get it inspected, looked at, and removed, because I think it's going to fall on my house. He has now notified you of a dangerous condition mm. and you would have been a responsible maybe for the damage on the house. I'm not an attorney, but in general rules, that's usually how that goes. So for instance, after the hurricane, if you would have called up and said, Hey, you know, we got a tree that's coming down your insurance. I'm not sure if your insurance would have covered it. You would have had to read to see what it covers for tree care, but If a storm would come in and takes that tree down and knocks it over on the neighbor's house and there's been no discussion about trees, liability is usually on the person because that's considered an act of God.
1: Right. And the tree wasn't, I mean, the tree wasn't a problem prior to the storm, right? It was just a large tree that because of the storm, the bulb was weakened underneath and it started to lean and fall. So, but we did everything we could because we were good neighbors and obviously we didn't want as garage to be disrupted. I mean, that's horrible. So we did everything and thank God it worked out. But those are the types of things. Even when you get along, people don't want their personal items and assets destroyed. So people get heated.
0: Well, great example right now on the side of my house, you might even hear a little bit while we're sitting here working. My neighbor is over there with a tree care company and they are there for the next two or three days and they are taking care of all the trimming and cleanup of his trees. Cause it hasn't been done in years and they've spent a good amount of money getting that all dialed in. The good news of that is that we've got a great relationship. We've talked about it. The tree care guy came over this morning before he got up in the trees and was saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's on the property line. And we had a great discussion about it. And that's super cool. That worked out well, but that's where having that relationship with your neighbor is super awesome to have that discussion. We have, I, Right now, I've got the best neighbors I've ever had. Every single neighbor around us is cool. Everybody's awesome. And uh, we're lucky. We don't have that neighbor that's being a pain. And whenever we've had to do some work that's on the property line, we can all stand around there and point at it and go, how about this? Okay, cool. Hmm. Awesome.
1: I think, too. And that's
0: the beauty of that.
1: You know, finances come into this, too, because if you have something that you need done by your neighbor, and maybe financially they just can't do it, they're strapped or they're in economic times that, I mean, look, we were talking about trees prior to coming on the show. What's the cost to remove one of those giant trees? And you're saying, you know, $5,000. Some people don't have access to that. And so maybe they want to do it, but then they don't because they just don't have the money. And then it becomes this awkward situation and, you know, it's gets heated or Mm -hmm. just not comfortable because not that they want to be a bad neighbor. They just can't afford it. have some conversations when in
0: doubt, go over and knock on your neighbor's door. I mean, if you've got restraining orders and stuff like that, don't follow my advice, but you know, hopefully not. Oh,
1: that's bad.
0: No, but I've seen that too. I've seen that too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I know of people in the construction field. I mean, this happens all the time. Um, I've got buddies that'll be out there that, that do dirt work or they do landscaping or they do retaining walls. And as soon as they start tearing in our project, the neighbors calling the building department, even though they've got all their permits, they're doing everything by the book. They're probably one of the best contractors out there, but they're over there doing every little thing to make things difficult. Why? You know?
1: They just don't want it done. Oh, they just don't want I mean, the disrupt disruption. I mean, when is the why are they causing an issue?
0: Many times, I mean, we're not gonna get into psychology, but many times they're angry. They want that person to pay, or they're just an angry Karen sitting there. <laughs> And yes, Karens can be dudes too, but they're just sitting there all upset, looking for something to complain about. I have had people sitting there call the building department four, five, and six times over what they think are alleged violations and things were done perfectly correct just because they're being jerks.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, don't go down that road. I mean,
0: I had one time we were doing a kitchen remodel and the guy we were replacing the back window in the kitchen and he called the building department, said that we weren't doing it right.
1: What? We're doing it right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, it was all licensed. It was all part of the plan. Inspector shows up and goes, Hey, they're saying you're doing stuff out here illegally.
1: What was he watching you with like, like binoculars? Was he was sitting at his property like, Hey, I think they're uh, not was, flashing. Yeah, this was in property. Seattle. In the,
0: <laughs> Let's go. Uh, actually, actually East side Kirkland. But yeah, you know, it, uh, and yes, by the way, all you Costco people, the headquarters of Costco is in Kirkland. So when you see things of that are Kirkland in Costco branding, that's just the city that they're based in. FYI. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to go out to break in a second, but it's, I just want to make sure that you understand that a lot of these things can just be discussed and worked out between neighbors. And, you know, maybe you've got, and the problem that you run into as well is Maybe things were done incorrectly years ago. Maybe the fence was put over two feet onto your yard 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Or maybe they put the garage in the wrong place. And those things can all be worked out. You can do some lot line adjustments. Um, you know, my property here, we had a thing where I bought it. And I'm like, why is this little tiny sliver taken out? And this has been added over here. Why does it, Why do we have this weird, you know, triangle-shaped jogs like Pie slices out of the one property line Well it's because the neighbor swapped some land Hmm. So he could put his garage In there and get the right clearances So gave a little more here Took Mm -hmm. some there and they did a lot line adjustment That works out really well But everybody was happy that way And that's the great part All right, we come back I want to talk about townhomes Condos Parking And HOAs Because this is a hot one We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns
1: Is Farewell, Angelina. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Pour gold in this glass, cause that color red never looks so good.
0: Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. Your source for home improvement every week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you head over and catch the podcast. Over the holidays here, we did podcasts every single week. No best of shows. Mm -hmm. So I bet you missed a few, and you can catch that on any podcast player. Well, Caroline and I have been talking about being a good neighbor, dealing with bad ones, enjoying the good ones, (laughs) and now we're going to talk about uh, our favorite HOAs, condo associations, and townhouse maybe living.
1: I'm the wrong person to ask about this. Because I get this question probably, I'd say at least every two months where a client says to me, I'm so disgusted with my home. I've got mold problems. I'm just, we're getting older or, or I don't want to do any of the work anymore. I want somebody who's going to maintain it for me. I'm going to go get a condo or a townhouse. And my answer to them is always the same. I really think you need to think about doing that because you think it's going to be maintenance-free and problem-free and believe it or not, it becomes more problems because now you share those problems and getting something done becomes so challenging because you have to deal with an HOA or somebody else. And you know, when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, what happens?
0: It goes sideways every time, mm-hmm. every time. So first off, I'll tell you my, one of my worst experiences with a condo HOA because Julie owned a, a town home that was kind of in a condo plot, condo So they were set up like stacked kind of townhomes, but it was very kind of three story apartment complex looking, mm-hmm. you know? So they had a, a row of garages that were detached that were on one area that was built into the building. Okay. And then generally for her size of unit, which was one of the bigger ones, so you walked in the front door and had to walk a flight of a massive flight of stairs for a 10 feet ceiling below up to the top to get into the kitchen level and everything hmm. else. And then there was a kitchen, powder room, living room, dining room on that floor, and then three-bedroom upstairs. Okay. So that's kind of how that worked. Parking, they had your assigned parking spot, which was in your driveway. You had one, and then you could barely fit a Prius in the garage. It was a small garage. Okay. Even though they were really new, they were probably at the time seven or eight years old, now probably 10 or 12 years old type of place. Well- I had parked in the visitor parking lot. All it said is visitor parking. There was no signs, no rules, no nothing. We've been dating for a few months. I get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. My car's not there.
1: Bom, bom, bom.
0: I'm like, what <laughs> is going on? Where is my truck? So I call the police to report it stolen. They're like, oh, it was towed. Nice. It was towed. For what? So I called this company. Yeah, I called this company and I'm like, hey, you got my truck. It was legally parked. My girlfriend owns the comp uh, owns a unit in this complex. Bring my truck back. I was mad. P. I was O'd. furious at this P. point. O'd. Yeah. And they said, well, we have a, um, we have an agreement with the condo company that we drive through a few times a night and we count every car and write down the license plate in there. You've been a guest at, in that spot over 35 times a year. So when we catch you at 35, then we end up uh, towing your vehicle. I'm like, there are no signs posted. What? That's crazy. No signs posted. So this is, I had around the house. And so I'm like, you know, we're going to do a thing on condos. So I did a whole (laughs) thing on condos. I brought in the state center that was changing the towing laws. And as soon as I, I called them up and I asked for their comment on it, And this is how creepy this whole thing was. If if I was just a homeowner, they wouldn't have given me anything. I called them up and wanted to get the comment from the owner. All of a sudden, my $400 in towing fees that I had to pay was refunded back to my debit card. (laughs) Like within hours, (laughs) with an apology. They just gave me an apology and said, yeah, we realized that wasn't posted correctly. We're sorry. I can drive by that thing five years later and they still haven't posted the rules up and the same towing signs there. And the same predatory towers come in That's there. That's crazy. And snag cars out of there, and it's crazy. I don't like it. Are um, we have pretty lax towing laws here in Oregon, where I'm at? And uh, definitely one of those things that needs to be taken care of because uh, I feel bad for people that can't afford to get their car out of towed like yeah. that when there's no signs that are posted like that. It's not good. It's not good. But. The thing I don't like about condo owners associations is sometimes you can get people in that homeowners association, condo
1: association.
0: I'm sorry. They are just like dictators in a third world country. Yeah.
1: It Look, there's so many problems you know? that can happen with condos and townhouses. One dealing with, if you have a neighbor above you, let's just talk about problems, right? Shared spaces. So you've got a neighbor above you that maybe doesn't maintain their shower or they don't maintain their toilet. And now yep. you've got leaks coming down into your property, which can cause mold issues. I mean, I've seen it yep. all. Now whose problem is it? It's within the wall. Now the HOA is involved. You've got the homeowner upstairs involved and you're involved, the HOA is involved. So water damage is a huge issue where, you know, like we said, too many people's hands in the pot, it creates all kinds of issues. And there's no strict guidelines to indicate, you know, who's responsible. And at the point when the damage is done, you know, it's the damage is there. So now what do you think about this one? Mm -hmm.
0: So we had teenagers in the house that were under 18. Yeah. Right. And if you went into the powder room, which was up against the shared wall, the next door neighbor below Huge pot smoker. Oh in his yeah, house. that's
1: a big one. I've seen that before. Coming up through the window, so, coming up through the
0: floor. There's no windows. It was an interior room, powder mm-hmm. room. No shower. No nothing. That smoke. If I went in there and spent ten minutes in the bathroom in that powder Co- room, I'd contact be contact
1: time. Yep, seen it.
0: Couldn't find where it was coming from. Couldn't find where it was coming from. I had no idea. Must have been coming through the duct someplace of in course. there. That's the only way it could have been going in there. Cause everything without pulling moldings and stuff, it was coming up. It could have been coming around the door moldings and stuff like that. These are shared spaces. It was a disaster. You know, and how
1: pressurization yeah. works in a building, you know, Traditionally, you're bringing in negative pressure. So everything gets pulled in. So if your next door neighbor's doing something, there's a very good chance you're going to pull it into your apartment. And sometimes in these units too, the attic space is actually open to all units. Have you seen this? Like, so if you go up and there's an access, but it's completely open. So that's more shared space of air. So don't think that you're going to be in a condo or a townhouse and you're not going to smell your neighbor or if they're using, you know, I've seen it all with pesticides. I've seen it with laundry detergents, smoke pot, um, cooking. Um, what other complaints have I've heard indoor air quality wise? I mean, I get the calls
0: because here's the problem. Many times, many times the HVAC system isn't even yours. It's the buildings, Mm -hmm. right? Especially in condos, you know, it's the buildings. And so you are sharing air with every other person out there and they could be having their air fresheners and their candles and they're never really good at cleaning air coming in and you are breathing all of that trash
1: it's a lot like that in apartment buildings too like when you start to look at you know new york city and also like brownstones and smaller apartment buildings these are issues that i deal with all the time complaints of neighbors that say look i'm living in my house i don't feel well because my neighbor's doing xyz what can i do about it
0: see our problem here in the west coast pacific northwest especially in you know the four or five states in my region 80% or more of the apartments have baseboard or wall electric Mm -hmm. heat. Which is much better. No central system. Exactly. So there's no air filtration. There's no air conditioning. No blowing. There's no conditioning of air. Yep. And then down below, there's no insulation between the floors. (laughs) So they're freezing and they're paying, they're paying to heat your air, but when it's cool outside in the summertime, when they want it to be cool, they're much cooler. So it's a trade-off.
1: The joys of apartments. That's
0: where that can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, apartments, condos, all that stuff. Not my bag, baby. No. Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about being a good neighbor to your neighbors. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Ari Camin from Stephen Band, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. and the beautiful Caroline.
0: Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. We've been talking today about neighbors, being a good neighbor, what to do in dealing with your neighbors, what's right, what's wrong, and some of the tricks of the trade of keeping everybody being cool. And you know, you live in a great neighborhood. I live in a great neighborhood. I wanted to talk Caroline this uh, this segment of this hour about just what we can do as humans to be good neighbors to our neighborhood.
1: Yeah, and it's I think a lot of it is we help our neighbors. Like, so if we see they're plowed in with snow, that's a huge one. We'll go over and shovel the driveway out or snow blow the driveway for them. Or if we see them cutting the grass and they're doing something wrong, some of our neighbors are really young. So they're first time homeowners. So we help them out with projects and tree trimming and bush trimming and cutting the grass, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I've got a neighbor next door that I've, I've uh, offered to take the, you know, when we've had power outages, Hey, I know you need to, you know, charge up your phones and stuff and you need a light or a a space heater. I can bring from my generator, a extension cord over there. Oh, that's nice and get you some, get you some power on that. And, and, uh, you know, one of them, she had that problem with the, uh, after one of our ice storms we had here, she had a problem where she was getting low voltage in her house. I went over and tested it and looked at it and went, you got a huge problem and got her fixed up and, and all that stuff. But, you know, being really good neighbors, I would love to see everyone out there in these times we're in, and we're not going to make this negative at all, but I think, being good neighbors to everybody is something that we should kind of focus back in on again and making sure that nobody in the neighborhood is kind of left behind. Maybe it's the old guy in the corner that can't get yeah. out and, uh, and mow his lawn anymore, and it's looking pretty ratty, and everybody complains about it. What if you just go over there and mow his lawn for him real quick when you got the lawnmower out? So
1: nice, yes. Or even like if somebody's sick or, you know, somebody like our neighbors across the street, she had COVID, you know, so bring something over, make cookies, you know, soup, anything to just help out.
0: Yeah. You know, all of those things, you know, are, are super cool. I've got this big area in the front of my house up there. That's not landscaped yet. It's kind of like forest floor, but it's a nice level area. And like the tree guys, I'm like, Hey, if you need to turn around or park in that area, go ahead. That'd be awesome. Really? Really? yeah, go ahead, man, go ahead. And it's always helpful for those guys when you can do that kind of stuff and and just be a good human to good people. Yeah. Good call. You know, one of the things that I think neighborhood cleanups are great. We've done that before where, you know, everybody's going to get rid of some junk, you know, and you're going to go to the landfill or whatever. My buddy's got a, a great example. I got a friend, Sean, who lives up the street. He's my realtor friend. And, uh, We've got a great relationship. If I'm barring his big 12-foot dump trailer and I'm going to the dump, I'll go, hey, you got anything? He always says no, but I always ask. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'll be coming by with a trailer and he's got some room in it. And he'll go, hey, you got anything? Oh, I've been working on this project. Yeah, I got a couple, got a couple things to throw away in that. And it's going to cost him, what, three or four bucks more? It's not that big a deal. But we've got a good relationship that way. And the more you can do that with your neighborhood, the better you can, you know. Some, when you get into older homes or farm communities or people with a little more property, you can do a a, a cleanup that way. And I, I've gone around and said, okay, guys, we're going to do a neighborhood cleanup. Mm. First off, we're going to go around and we're going to grab all the scrap metal out of everywhere that's junk. So everybody donate your scrap metal. And then you can use that money to fund going to the landfill to pay to get rid of the rest of the junk.
1: And people always need that. Like, you know, I don't know how many times people need our truck, right. Or we help people because we have the F one fifty, and people need Christmas trees taken out. They need, I mean, you name it, junk to the dump Pat with a, a dump pass. Right. I mean, you see that all the time too. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. I got, I got spoiled. I used to live up in Eastern Washington. I lived in this town called Richland up there, which is one of our radio affiliates up there on KONA. And when I lived in Richland, it was really awesome. Cause I had free, Dump. I could go to the, oh, to the nice. dump and drop off the pickup stuff anytime you I wanted. I could drop off yard waste. There was no charge. I show my driver's license and it was free. Sweet. And it was awesome. Now it's truckloads, 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, just to get rid that's of it. That's what we have in so, the town.
1: You have to get a dump yeah. pass and you're allowed like two visits for, you know, $50. So.
0: Oh, wow. So you, you're you allowed. I I could go there every day. They want to take
1: my money. Yeah, well, no, you pay for so, the pass, and then you can go twice, huh? and then you have to get a new pass.
0: Oh, wow, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, ours is by weight. Oh, So if I bring in, it's like four, 35 40 bucks $40 minimum. Mm, that's expensive. And then it's per ton after that. So I, I've left out of there with a $90. With my pickup, I've left with a $90 dump bill before because it was heavy.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, they don't do that here. It's just so, sort of they let you dump as long as you have the pass and it's in your community, in your town. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to drive about 20 25 minutes away to hit ours, but you know, we we've got an interesting thing here and we don't get into politics in the show, but we have a an area a, a government agency that is not elected, but it's what they call Metro here and it runs the buses, the zoo, the the Light rail transit, it runs the the landfill drop-off transfer stations, uh, the hazmat drop-off, it's all run by Metro. And, and that's in uh, Portland, correct? So I have
1: to just go find just that. Just so people know yeah, where Portland, you live, correct. so they can come and stalk you. Yeah,
0: that's true. So <laughs> in, in my area, every city's different. You know, every city's different in how you do that. And, uh, you know, and the rules are different as well. But really just being a good neighbor, helping clean up, um, you know, just making sure everybody's good making sure that your neighborhood has a plan for a natural disaster. Mm. You know, if there's a tree down, blocking down the road, who's got in the neighborhood, do you know, if you're waiting for the city to show up, it might be days or, or an hour. You just don't know. But if it's a major disaster, who's got the chainsaw? You know, we've got a neighborhood association that's pretty good that way. And it's not an HOA, it's a neighborhood association. And that really can be helpful because that association is now involved with the city. So when things affect us, we get notified so we don't have to go looking for it.
1: I saw a property I had looked at, and it was interesting. So there there was a road, which was not considered a main road, but it was a road off of the main road, and they had individual homes on it, right? So you would drive down this road, and there were, I think there were about four or five houses, and they shared this road. And they had to do everything, but it was like a long driveway that went to all of these houses. So they had to share the road make sure the stone, that it was paved, that all of it was taken care of. And um, they all had to work together. And there were a lot of problems when one person just didn't have the money and didn't want to pay for the stones to be replaced on because it was a stone road. Um, and different um, things that had to be done, you know, grading and things like that. So not everybody lives on a, a main road where they have, you know, just their responsibility is, is through the county or the state.
0: It's re- It's really interesting how the rules on your side of the country can be so different than the rules on my side of the country. Mm. You know Mm -hmm. what I
1: mean? And that's on a lot
0: of things. What makes it very
1: interesting and diverse. Eric's West coast. I'm East coast. And um, you know, I live in a very uh, big metropolitan area. That's very built up right outside of New York city. But even so, I mean, there's country areas here and strange roads and things that are sort of not on the map and people have to operate them more like country living than they do city living. So it's so diverse.
0: Well, it's a great example. Like, like here in my city and we're talking about right now, as I look out the window at 15 feet away from me is this big tree service truck. That's doing the work on my neighbor's place. You know, for me to remove a tree in my yard, even if it's shared with the neighbor, I have to take, it can take me a year to get permits through my area to do that. It's amazing.
1: Take that tree down. And explain why explain to the audience why.
0: Well, yeah, they try to protect the trees in my community. Um, it's something they're active and we have, you know, forest cover over a lot of the, a lot of the community here. And it, it looks like, you know, like it should this lake and stuff that I live around was, was, was a, you know, kind of a a camping vacation place early in the twenties, actually in the thirties and forties from Portland. And it was so far away now it's in the Metro area and, and it's all built up, but we still have that very, kind of secluded quaint look to it with all the, you know, 200, 250 foot trees, which are awesome. So they do a great job of protecting those, but there's a lot of hoops you have to deal with. And if I want to take a tree down and it's not something that's going to fall over immediately, it's probably a year to get through that process. Mm. And the neighbors are involved. It's a big deal. And uh, you know, tree trimming, you get a tree trimming permit. It's not that big a deal, but even if you're going to do a lot of trimming, you might have to put something up that says that you're going to heavily trim this tree, and it could have an effect on the look of the neighborhood. And uh, everybody at least gets a say in it, which is kind of interesting. All right, Caroline, I hear that music in the background. It's time to go. I'm Eric G. I'm Caroline B. Come on, and you've been listening to Around the House.